Let's look at the political fallout here in B.C. after two by-elections that occurred uh, on Saturday night. New Democrats posted victories in by-elections on southern Vancouver Island and here in Vancouver, keeping two seats which were earlier held by former Premier John Horrigan and former Cabinet Minister uh, Melanie Mark. Now, Community Activist Joan Phillip won by a large margin in the Vancouver Mount Pleasant constituency. She received almost 68% of the vote. Here is MLA-elect Joan Phillip. We've got a lot of work to do, and uh, I really look forward to getting in there and slugging it out. That was MLA Joan Phillip. Now, Ravi Parmar was elected with 53% of the vote in the southern Vancouver Island riding of Langford Juan de Fuca, which was previously held, as I said, by former Premier John Horrigan. Here is MLA-elect Ravi Parmar. Good. This has been an exciting by-election campaign. Uh, I'm honoured to be filling the big shoes left by John Horrigan now, and I'm so excited to get to work. So excited for Ravi, but I'm really excited for our community because he is just an outstanding human being, 28 years old, two-term chair of the school board and now about to become the MLA for the fastest growing community in British Columbia. He's an outstanding young man. He's going to be a great MLA. Uh, I think people across British Columbia are going to hear a lot about Ravi Parmar in the days and weeks and years ahead. That, of course, uh, is the voice of former Premier John Horgan. Now, both ridings were considered NDP strongholds, so no surprise there. The real story is who came in second in, in the case of Langford Juan de Fuqua, in some cases, who came in fourth. Uh, joining me now to explain what all this means uh, is Global BC's legislative reporter, Richard Zussman. Hello, Richard. Hey, Jess, how are you? I'm good. An interesting uh, set of events. The uh, BC Conservatives came in second uh, in Langford, Juan de Fuca. Uh, the BC United, as I said, came in fourth place. What does this mean in your mind? Yeah, so it could mean quite a lot. Kevin Falcon wants to downplay this, the leader of BC United, but clearly... First off, there's an issue uh, with brand. You and I spoke about this on Friday, that this was a potential result. And now here we are with BC United finishing fourth. People in the riding clearly don't know what BC United is. I spent a lot of time out there in Langford. You could see the party was trying out different signs, some pink, some teal, some black. They were seeing what worked with people. Clearly, none of it really works. Mm -hmm. People just didn't know what that was, BC United. So let's chalk that up for one of the reasons why they finished fourth. And it wasn't even close. They received uh, almost 1,200 votes. The Conservatives were 2,700 votes and the NDP at 7,200 votes. So low turnout, but it wasn't even close. And the other part of this could be that people are looking at that conservative brand and thinking, I like what I'm hearing at a federal level from Pierre Polyevre. Mm -hmm. I don't see that from BC United. I don't know what they stand for. So maybe I want to try something called conservative out at a provincial level as well. Will the conservatives soar to a bunch of victories in next fall's provincial election? Unlikely, but this could mean some really significant vote splitting jazz mm -hmm. that could hand the NDP not just some of those swing ridings like in the last provincial election in 2020, but you may even start talking about some other ridings that are in play, which means that you know, Premier David Eby will win that election easily if that's the sort of thing that unfolds with conservative votes. Uh, one would argue Mike Karras also, and we're talking about Langford Juan de Fuca specifically here, uh, you know, the candidate, the conservative candidate in Vancouver Mount Pleasant 
was really focusing on culture wars, did not do very yeah. well at all. I mean, we, we basically dismissed by urban voters, to be very blunt. But in the case of Mike Harris and Langford Juan de Fuca, he came across as, dare I say, a progressive conservative. Uh, the economy, uh, smaller government, all those things that, you know, uh, suburban voters care about. And, and let's say, let's be honest, as you said, the conservatives do well in those suburban writings when it comes to a federal election uh, as well. Um, so his was a very mainstream one, I would argue, mainstream uh, platform that he was that he was fighting on. Uh, this now, right now, we have a provincial election scheduled for 2024, the fall of 2024. Can if it is an issue of name recognition, can BC United course correct in a year when it comes to name recognition? Is that enough time to rebrand a party? We keep talking about rebranding. Rebranding yeah. also means spending a lot of dollars for advertising, marketing, all those kind of things. Do they are they able to do that in a year? Yeah, so we've seen some of these rebrands uh, in other provinces, but largely they come from parties that have, you know, a natural governing ability in terms of in uh, Alberta, like that changing of the name was to unite the Conservative Party, blowing up the wild rose and bringing those uh, center-right voters all with them. Uh, in Saskatchewan, the switch to the Saskatchewan party was at a time where the NDP was struggling in that province, and we saw success there. We've never seen this type of change of name uh, in British Columbia in modern times, and it is harder and harder to get information to people outside of election cycles where, yes, they're tuning into your show and watching television and reading the news, but there are a lot of people that aren't in tune uh, with these name changes and this conversation that's happening every day, and those are the voters that Kevin Falcon needs to reach, and they're becoming harder and harder to reach with unless they're going to spend a huge amount of money, as you described, buying ads, uh, getting out there into the community, and, and that is a long, drawn-out process. And then you know, even once you get to the name, you need to convince people that it's that product that they want, that it's not just the BC Liberals. It's about what is BC United? What makes them different? If you have a different name, how are you different? And then voters need to process that through their head. All of that is hard. You know, you've experienced it on the doorstep, right, Jazz? You meet mm -hmm. voters who say they have voted the same way their entire life. They are tied to that brand. When you move away from that, it becomes harder to say, hey, I've always voted for this type of party, so I'm going to continue on with BC United. It's it's a real challenge, and I think one that Kevin Falcon and his team have underestimated here. They had the option, Jazz, to put BC Liberal in brackets on the ballot. They decided not to. They're, they were worried the Liberal brand was going to hurt them. I'm not so sure that's the case. I know you and I have had that conversation a number of times. I know you agree with me on that point. So I think it was risky what they're doing, and they're now – paying the price for that, and we'll see if it bears out when we get to the next general. So I want, to, I want to clear this up, though. You're saying they had the option to put in, well, obviously, BC United, but in brackets, BC Liberals, so people yeah. wouldn't be and, – and they turned it down. They turned it down. Elections huh. BC oh, gave them that option, that they could have kept it on the ballot, that it would have said BC United in brackets, BC Liberal. They're still – they own that right to that party name. Mm -hmm. It's still the same party in the mind of Elections BC, and they turned down – uh, the option of doing that because they didn't want that association with the liberal brand. Well, that's called an own goal. That's what's that's what that's called. My well, guess is one of the best best jokes I heard this weekend was that uh, I was with former Premier John Horgan, and he said, "After these results, doesn't mean that BC United gets relegated." <laughs> 
<laughs> if he has follows soccer or uh, football, that, that just means being downgraded, that's for sure. We are speaking to Global BC legislative reporter Richard Zussman. We are talking about uh, this past weekend's two by-elections, which are both uh, um, in ridings that the NDP has done well in. The, both ridings the NDP swept. They are strongholds for the NDP. Uh, but it's not really the story of from this weekend. The real story is how uh, well the BC Conservatives did. Now, second place uh, in Langford, Juan de Fuca, in the case of BC United, formerly BC Liberals, in fourth place. And what does this all mean? Give me a call on the open line, 604-280-9898. That's 604-280-9898, star 9898 on your cell phone. Uh, Richard, one of the questions I did have for you, what do you think this does mean part of the break? What I was talking about in regards to Mr. Falcon and BC United with this with the number four uh, outcome in Langford Juan de Fuca. What do you think this means in regards to attracting good candidates, fundraising, even credibility with one's caucus? Because that caucus is still very rural at the end of the day, and they view these threats from BC Conservatives in a, in a serious manner. What do you think this all means over the next couple of months for Mr. Falcon? Yeah, I think there's going to be a panic button going off from those uh, rural riding uh, BC United MLAs saying they are worried about their livelihoods if the Conservatives are able to take this momentum and turn it in potentially uh, to seats. I asked uh, Kevin Falcon today when I spoke to him about that issue of fundraising and candidate recruitment. He says their fundraising has been really strong, but a result like this there's no way it can help. And in terms of candidate recruitment, he promised that there would be a list of strong candidates in all 93 ridings in the province. But again, you watch a candidate like Elena Lawson in Langford, Wanda Fuca. She was an autism advocate. She was getting her feet under her in her first campaign. Uh, and then to be handed a fourth place finish is tough. And others in her situation may look at this and say, I don't want to get into politics if it means getting drubbed at the ballot box and having to go, you know, to my kid's school and people reminding me that I finished in fourth place in an election. It makes it a lot harder to appeal to especially people who are new to politics to get into it mm -hmm. uh, when you have a result like this. And a high profile candidates as well. When you think, look, it's going to be that much harder because not only am I fighting my opponent or opponents, I'm fighting a potential brand or, or lack of visibility when it comes to that particular brand uh, uh, as well. Uh, give us a call on the open line, 604-280-9898, star 9898 on your cell phone. Uh, let's go to Rob in Chilliwack. Hi, Rob. Hi, Jess. Good afternoon. Um, you know, as for Mr. Falcon there and the, the BC United Liberals, I call them, to be honest with you, mm -hmm. I'm thinking he regrets changing that name, but that's fine because you're talking to a guy that used to vote NDP for years. And you know who I vote for now? I vote for the BC Conservative Party, and that's who I'm a member of. Why? And what changed why, your mind? Yeah. Because, why am I a member of the BC Conservatives? Well, there's, I could go on for a long time, Jess, but <laughs> I'll tell you right now, one thing that really irked me was the way John Horgan called that election during a pandemic. Mm -hmm. Now, some people may not have issues with that, but I do. We were all told to stay home. He called the election because he, was, he wanted the power. I'm sorry, Adrian Dix as a health minister, we had... We had 800 some people die during that. He neglected the ambulance file for years. He wasn't in power for, you know, for, you know, three, four weeks here. He was in power for over four years before finally something was done. And we ended up with this. We had 600 some people die directly from heat. You know, there's things that they say. My, my mom's in long term care, for example. I have to I'm called to bring a fan in and we have an NDP government that is busy handing out e-bike rebates. 
instead of calling for long-term care homes to be, be mandatory to have air conditioning, for God's sake. And, and These are things that are very annoying to me. And their drug policy, the NDP, oh, we want to be the first in the country to decriminalize small amounts of drugs. Well, that I do not believe in. I think there actually should be a stigma with drugs. Yeah, Rob, uh, it's uh, not I, a good idea. To I, I got, Rob, I got what you're saying in regards to what you're not happy with, but in regards to BC Conservatives and BC United, in the perfect world, BC United would like to believe they're a coalition of Conservatives and federal Liberals, and, and when they are working well together, two-thirds out of the last 70 years, we've had a free enterprise. Oh, we've lost, uh, I'm just noticed we've lost Rob. But uh, Richard here, when, when that coalition is working, uh, when you have uh, the the um, federal Conservatives and federal Liberals in a free enterprise coalition working together, that works. Do you think this coalition now is just permanently just broken right now or temporarily broken and just it's going to take a while before they get back together? Yeah, I, I think there's a permanency to some of this, that there are some conservative voters who said that they believe that BC United is moving too close to the center. And with that, they are worried about the policy shifts. But the reality is to govern in British Columbia, you need to move to the center. And it's about... Uh, threading that needle and it is incredibly hard to do and the early returns are this is going to be a challenge for Kevin Falk and I, I spoke to Aaron Gunn earlier today you'll see him on the news hour tonight uh, he's a conservative filmmaker uh, some of his films have been viewed over a million times around uh, the toxic drug crisis mm-hmm. uh, and uh, what he is saying is that there is a group out there of conservatives, many of them in British Columbia, who don't feel listened to by BC United. They don't feel that Kevin Falcon hears their concerns and issues. And it's that group that is willing to move to the conservatives. And it's it's going to create a situation of vote splitting that had an impact last election and very well could have an impact in the next election. And it's just that this group of people that just feel that the mainstream parties don't listen to them. And and that may be that sense we've got from Rob, who just called in as well, is that, that those parties, the NDP and the, the BC United, just aren't listening to their concerns. Yeah, I mean, to jump from uh, NDP to BC Conservatives, that's quite the jump. I've got 10 seconds. Is the NDP or there's going to be pressure on EB to call an early election from some of his advisors on this just because of the poor uh, returns in, in Langford one to Yes, but his number one advisor, his wife Kaylee, yeah. is insistent there will not be an early election, and so I don't believe there will be because he has so much he wants to accomplish. And if that number one advisor says don't go, I don't think he'll go. <laughs> there you go, Richard. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Jess.